Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful guest is Sharon Rolfe. Baby boomers. We're going to be tapping into those boomers today. She says baby boomers have so much life ahead of them, yet transitions can be challenging. Reconnecting with your dreams and your joy and build a longevity plan and define your greatness. What gives you energy, meaning, and a great reason to get out of the house. Let's strengthen your communities and life without regrets and living the best ourselves until the end. And that is really the point of it all, isn't it, folks, is getting out and living our life until right to the end. She grew up in the Puget Sound on a farm in eastern Washington. She pursued an advanced education in behavioral science, administration, and technical arts. She worked for Boeing in Tecawella in Everett and 19 years of the GTE in Everett and Tampa. She loves empowering people and finding their unique golden nugget. She's uh, like a lifesaver for discovering your heaven on earth. Or she's a fairy godmother calling forth your greatness. Uh, she is a retirement and essence coach, a collaborator, a motivator who empowers to find new purpose in life that gives you your energy, freedom, joy, and ease. Beat back isolation and depression and boredom and become the director of you. Become a curious game and look at possibilities and give back more vitality. Finding a meaningful life intentionally, that's your new job in retirement. And it's so yeah. I don't know how many people I've interviewed that retired from their career only to then really to find something that is meaningful in life, right? So just because something comes to an end doesn't mean there aren't new beginnings. Welcome to the show, love. Thank you, Sarah. I, I think our jobs make us human doings mm-hmm. and retirement makes us human beings where yes. we can live from our heart. Yes. And isn't that what it's all about? Living from a heart. I mean, if you're yes. not doing it from the heart, what are you doing it for? I mean, we need that heart connection. Yeah, we, we probably would tend to become bored or restless or feel useless. But it's when we get out of the house and get involved in our world around us that we actually start feeling like, oh, this matters. Mm. I, I fit here, you know. Um, we often um, doubt our jobs and other people are kind of a mirror for us. And when they're not there, it can kind of create a downhill slide. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we need connection, right? We, we need to have a reason to get up in every day. You know, there, there has to be a reason to continue living. I mean, the amount of people that do die after retirement because they have nothing else and their entire identity was in their job. Now that job isn't there, that community is not there anymore. And it's like, who am I? What am I? What's ahead of me? And so many just kind of 
go through a downward spiral where really it's just a new canvas to paint. Well, and the, there's so many distractions, Sarah, you know, our TV and Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. If it's not that it's YouTube, <laughs> you know, um, becoming sedate and um, not doing our own thinking kind of lulls us into um, slack and, and, and uh, the, the uh, momentum has died, the curiosity has died, what's yeah. possible is who knows? Yeah, slack and lack, right? Slack and lack. <laughs> you just don't see what you have anymore because you don't see it as an opportunity. All you're doing is focusing on what you have not. Yeah, that's too easy to get into, especially when, you know, sometimes our health is a challenge. Mm. Um, our family and kids is a challenge. Ah, I've been fortunate not to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you pull me here and there, but there's advantages to that because we're getting out of the house. But the um, stress of the drama of life is, mm. has um, has escaped me, and I've retained my uh, youthfulness somewhat. <laughs> mm. Oh, believe me. Or my gray hairs, I have considerable amount of my children's names on them. So yes, I know what you're talking about. And, and you know, it doesn't matter how old they are. You know, you will always continue to worry about your children. And that's just the way it is. And then grandchildren come in and you worry about them. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's that constant thing. That, you know, and it can be good because it keeps you engaged. You know, your children are a reason also to get up every day. But I think they have their lives. And I think this is the importance. A lot of people, especially grandmas, you know, kind of like, well, I have a grandchild now, I'll live for the grandchild. And, it, you know, that's not the point. You actually have to live for yourself. Be an abundant, beautiful, fortified person that inspires the grandchild, right? Not sacrifice yourself for the grandchild. Yeah, I, um, I heard you use the word worry several times there. And one of my favorite little sayings, I have these art blocks that I, that I make. And one of my favorites, I don't think I have it right here, but uh, my, one of my favorites is worry is a misuse of imagination. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. So, yeah. you know, maybe thinking about your grandkids, it could be how curious could you become about mm. either knowing them on a different level or um, finding out what makes their heart um, excited, even at a, you know, a young age, and keep nurturing their curiosity and what's possible for them. Also, letting them, I mean, you know, we, I was just saying before um, we went on, is that our Christmas, which was meant to be first time all of us family together in 14 years, was disrupted by dear old Omni. And so I went over to the mainland here in uh, Vancouver and had Christmas with, um, with two of my kids and their extended family. And my son is in a relationship with somebody with a kid, so he's become a stepdad. And my older daughter has no kids. Just suddenly, all of a sudden, they're putting masks on, they're playing horsey, they're doing this and that. It's like, and completely... It bought the kid out and her. It is a two-way street with children. There's so much of the wonderful silly billy and discovery and let's just have fun for fun's sake that can 
ignite us again into a youthfulness that, you know, very often sensibility and responsibility have stepped in and taken over. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's good to have your silly billies out, isn't it? I'm missing that, Sarah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that's important is who you have around you. Right. You can have the serious friends. You can have these friends of those friends, but you've got to have some friends that love doing silly things. I don't mean dangerous or stupid. I mean, just fun. I do that probably through the dogs that I encounter on my walk every day. Mm -hmm. I I'm, have currently run out of my little dog biscuits, but <laughs> I give dog biscuits so I can get some love. Yes, yes. And they know how to give love. Oh, boy, do they? You can just fill up your tank, really. Yeah. I think having an animal in your life is very, very important. They think, you know, like we have a cat. And so the cat will come and purr while you're massaging her and almost kind of pushing you away, like I'm doing you a favor. But, you know, the thing is, that purr has been proven scientifically to kind of ele elevate your heart and and lift your spirits up right and you you know for you you know massaging that cat is uh, you're doing them a favor so again back to two-way street we're all in something together and we can all if we're willing to give that means we're also willing to receive yeah, I um, have gotten so I'm not, you know, my my sisters and I, we kind of do, well, at least one of them works at Christmas time to to see my wish list on Amazon, you know. And so we have, you know, this whole exchanging after Christmas has kind of gone away with the, the gift cards. Now. Yeah, exactly. Go and buy what you want, right? Which is like, I still don't do that. Whether you, whether you just discard the present or not, I had fun buying it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, but for that same reason, I like to make my gifts because mm -hmm. then I've spent time thinking about them and purposely, you know, spending time um, uh, creating something for them. And it to me, you know, that's priceless if you yes. really think about it. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's we want something that's meaningful. And like, you know, this year for me, for my children, Every single one of them is has a new relationship of some kind. My oldest son is in a relationship, a new relationship. My uh, oldest daughter's in a new relationship. My daughter and her husband had a baby and got a new house. So that's a new relationship, right? And, and so I thought, well, how can I represent this? So I took photographs that have been taken through the year and created, you know, put them in frames to capture the year, the year of love, right? And um, it wasn't very costly, just cost a bit of time to get them all printed and done. But it's something that we're so used to seeing everything digitally on the phone nowadays, to actually have a picture frame where there's the picture and there's, there's those happy moments is, we want to capture happy moments. We want to share those happy moments, because every time we look at them, they do something for us. And I think that's really important is whatever gift you give, is it something that's going to make someone smile? Yeah, one year at Thanksgiving time, I had decided to um, collect pictures over Thanksgiving mm -hmm. so I could make a collage kind of yes. like that what's on your wall behind you and created it, you know, put a, a frame around it and a yep. little pictures of everybody. And um, I have always been glad I did that. Yes. Yes, because it does capture a date and time kind mm -hmm. of thing. 
um, you know, kids grow up and, yes. and that changes. But um, in fact, I think it was one of the grandkids that pointed to that same picture and found their dad or uncle on it. And, and you know, even at three, four years old was connecting yeah. with the photo. And um, that again is priceless. Yes, I agree. I agree. There are so many things we can do in retirement that don't have to cost money. We've got the time to do things and can be so warming to somebody else. And I think that's, you know, one of the big problems, but I mean, you don't have to go and start a new career, although I do recommend it. You know, it's like <laughs> I started this at 57 and coming up to 10 years now, and it's been the most meaning thing, meaningful thing I've ever done in my entire career life you know, outside of having my children, the most meaningful thing. And it took me 57 years to find it, right? So just because you maybe were successful or you held down that job and do people even get gold watches anymore? I don't know, you know. <laughs> I think they get more a kick in the butt nowadays. <laughs> um, the thing is that chapter is over, right? But you're not over. So what's your chapter now and how do you embrace it? And I think just start off with having some time with self, right? You're, you're a new canvas right now. You're not your old job anymore, right? So put the paintbrush in and go into your own self-discovery of who are you right now? Yeah, the thing that really made a difference for me, and I, I'm kind of, you know, it, through my career, I just was a steady worker and mm. I, I did Toastmasters and Dale Carnegie, but, and, and night school weekends, mm. but um, it was just plodding along, you know, I don't know that anything was outstanding other than a couple trips that I got to take for the company, but um, I, after, I think it was about four months after I retired that I was listening to this um, uh, webinar out of the UK on mental strength, mm. not mental health, mental mm. strength, and Boy, that sounds attractive, I think, to anybody. And um, he said, well, when do you want more confidence or more, you know, backbone? Then bring to mind a warm memory. Mm. And it will strengthen you, you know, kind of like that warm cat that yes. puts you in a better mood. <laughs> and um, I thought, well, why just have one warm memory? Because the one I always recalled was from third grade and being in the a Christmas program and I was told I was their favorite reader <laughs> <laughs> and I taught myself that was a, an amazing part of it but he said well um he had always wanted to fly a plane the speaker of the webinar and so he showed a picture of in the back seat of his son that was like maybe four years old he was giving his son um a, a airplane ride and um a couple weeks later I thought why just have one warm memory right how about if I see how many I can come up with? And I think I came up with eight, nine, ten of them. And the shock mm. was half of them were in front of people. Right. You know, my Dale Carnegie and my Toastmasters, uh, I think I had examples from both of those. And I thought, was I supposed to be in front mm. of people mm. all this career, you know? And um, so it's what's it mattered to me and it touched my heart yeah. to create that warm memory. And um, that can happen for anybody, yes. you know, make a, a, a list of all your warm memories because the thing that brings you joy 
why not we have lots of them yes yes <laughs> exactly the thing that gives you joy is the reason why we continue to live we not only want to be that joy we want to be that joy for other people we want to ignite that joy in other people I mean, the yes. whole thing about boomers, never in the history of time have we seen so many people of age, you know, wonderful elder wisdom at the, you know, at the fingertips ever in, in the time of history, you know, because I mean, if you reached 50, you were old, you know, and now God, 60 was ancient. And, and, and now we're, you know, we're looking, how many times do we see people turning 106, 110? And uh, it just shows it's not over until it's over. And it's like, it's what are you doing with your time? And there are so many young people on their own self-discovery that if they're wise enough, they'll tap into the wisdom. Now that doesn't mean they're going to do exactly what you did because times have changed, but that whole inspiration of who you are, why you are avoiding, nobody's going to avoid her potholes, but we would like them to avoid the Grand Canyon. Right. So, you know, it's learn from us. Don't dismiss us or put us out to pasture. Learn from us because we have so much life experience that just hearing our story can be something that you can put in your backpack as a young person and take forward with you in life. I'll never forget uh, reading a uh, story and, and, and I I don't know that it had a picture with it, but I sure remember a picture in my mind anyway of this um, elderly man. I don't know. He could have been 74, uh, 84 for all I know. Yeah. But somebody came along and they had seen him working in this, um, you know, with an axe and shovel and hoe and all this out in this area. And they said, well, you know, he, they'd he seen him several times. So they finally asked and said, what are you doing? I'm building a road and why because it needs to be done hello exactly <laughs> maybe he didn't have anything better to do but somehow the conviction that there needed to be a road there was worth him putting in his muscle and energy into it and i thought how many of us wouldn't even notice the road yes. was needed but that's another thing that might get you a little bit curious about life is what do you see around you that mm. needs fixing? Yes. Because your perspective on what's needed is totally different than mine. Right. I, I remember uh, Clint Eastwood was asked the other day when he was 92 and they said, you know, what are you going to do for your movie? I'm going to make a movie. How do you stay so young? I don't let the old man in. Right. Which wow. is, you know, I'm, I'm 67, I'm very proud of it. I've earned all my aches and pains in the gray hair, but that doesn't mean I'm obsolete. It doesn't mean that I'm too old to enjoy life. It might mean that I can do it slower or, you know, I do it in a different way than my youthful exuberance. I remember meeting a woman of 66 when I was 15, I think, and she was talking about her travels and she'd lived in several countries, 20 years here, 10 years there, here, there. And the way she traveled, I said, I want to do that. I want to do, I want to live in other countries. I want to travel. I want to explore. And I've done that. Not uh, because, you know, I want to be just like her, but I realize the flashback, how many times I flashed back to her of what an inspiration she was, which became an invitation to my own psyche 
to to do these things and i've lived in a few countries i've traveled a great deal i've immersed myself into different cultures and i'm grateful for every bit of it but we've got to be willing to step out of the comfort zone or the you've got to do it this way or you should only do it that way and go i'm going to do it my way <laughs> Yeah, I've taken some trips to Australia and Switzerland and uh, the cruise to Alaska. <clears throat> I can't say that there's very many of those that made a lasting memories in my mm. mind. Uh, I literally went to I, live in other countries. I remember one uh, picture was, um, I think I was in, all I remember is that there was a parade going by. Mm. I was in the right place at the right time. Right, you know, just exactly. a small yeah. parade, but it was some kind of um, official, high-ranking official, and there was just only um, maybe three or four links of security and all that around mm -hmm. them. But you know, the royal crown and the pomp and mm -hmm. circumstance was there, <clears throat> and I took a picture of it. And to to imagine that I was in that place at that yes. moment was the magic for me. Right. <clears throat> The oh, history uh, being made, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was that way when uh, actually with at uh, Arlington Cemetery in um, in uh, Washington D.C. when there was a, a a funeral going on of a high ranking, you had to be a certain rank to even get that kind of parade mm -hmm. with the you know red outfits and all this that the men were wearing and mm -hmm. their hats and all that. But again, well, well, my friend took me, but he had no idea that that was going to be something that we walked into and he was touched that we were both there at the same time. Yeah. I remember coming to New York, um, 1980 on my way here to Canada and I was staying with my brother. And, uh, one day we just took a walk through, um, central park and the pirates of Penzance was, was going to come on the next day. And it had Linda Ronstadt, Kevin Klein, all the, you know, the big people there in the um, early eighties. But they had it open free because the press were going to be there that night, right? And officially it was open. It was already booked out. Well, not only did we get in free because we were in the right place at the right time, but we were third row, right from the center, watching this, you know, and, and just what a moment. And I think, I think some of the best moments are those that you allow to happen, that you're present for, which also means you need to be open and aware of that's going on around you. Yeah, I still hope to uh, walk on the white sandy beaches of New Zealand. Mm. And I still want to see the tulips in Holland. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's see, seems like there's a third place. Oh, the Galapagos mm. Islands in the, the big turtles. <laughs> yes, now I've still got a backless New Orleans. I want to be there. And I want to go with my daughter because she knows it. And I want to go, you know, back to Ireland, Scotland and, and Wales. So those are the definite things that I, I want to do. But New Orleans, ah, you know, good food, good music, good vibe. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's Dancing kind of what we're trying to hmm? Dancing in the streets? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Good excuse to dance. Should I do that now? They kind of think I'm loopy, but you're doing it there and everybody's in with it, right? Um, I think, you know, that one of the key things that's so very important is find something that ignites your joy, ignites your curiosity, 
if we lose our curiosity, if we stop wondering why or how or where or when, then we do start slowly dying. And it's if you don't want to go and start a new career, fine. But start a hobby or continue a hobby. Keep being wondrous, because without that, what are we? Yeah, downward spiral. Crash and burn, goodbye. Right, yes. We have to have that. Interest in life, yeah. Yes. Yes. And, well, you know, I'm, seven, mm -hmm. I'm 74, and I certainly intend to live to at least 100. Good for you. Good for you. And I live with an 88 and a half year old who's stronger than me. She's a black belt. And believe me, she can still toss people. She's four foot 11, feisty as hell. She lives on vinegar, sugar, and, and salt, you know, all the things that we're not meant to have. But um, apart from kind of short-term memory going, just, uh, just an amazing example. And childlike when it comes to any form of event, right? Just the childlike wonderment. And it's, we went to Montreal, her, her hometown, and it was the first time I'd been there, and I'm seeing it through her eyes. And she walked me to death. Honestly, I couldn't keep up with her. And it's, oh, and I did this here and I did that there. And it was just so wonderful to get caught up in her memory enthusiasm. Right. So I think it's very important that you have people around you that have got some exuberance. Yes, I, I need to add some of those to my life. Mm -hmm, <laughs> definitely. Um, how do we get the young ones to look at us? boomers and not see something arcade or dinosauric and and to look to want to have a conversation with us want to be inspired by what we've achieved because let's you know as i point out to them this phone that you live on um never would have been around if it had not been for our generation right so don't write us off as you know old obsolete nothings because everything you have technology wise today came from us so how do we bridge that gap well that curiosity that you mentioned certainly plays into it um sometimes we don't know even the questions to ask them i mean i i feel like i've got one hand tied behind my back because i don't have kids you know the next generation living around me uh in fact at christmas time i made a point to ask um the my nephew's wife how to do something with my phone and we we got halfway there but the fact that she was willing to mm. uh, look at it at least and um uh consider helping me was um so meant so much to me but um maybe it maybe it starts with asking reciprocal mm. curious questions of each other that um you know, maybe they've learned something like the technology that we need to learn. But, um, you know, they like my um, nephew's wife is from Vietnam. And there's probably a ton of things I could learn from. Yeah. Uh, one, she cooks different. You know, the, is it pho or pho that they make all the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pho? Yeah, my nephew is, yeah. knows all the good places to get some of that around because he did live in Vietnam for a while. But, um, you know, I don't know that I've actually asked any of them, what kind, what stories do you remember from your grandfather or grandmother? 
um, or what was your favorite memory? Maybe, because to, to me, Sarah, the getting people to um, give and take in a yes. conversation, um, if I show myself curious, maybe yeah. that will invite them to be curious also. I mean, right now we, we can take the common denominator that's affecting all of us. And we can talk about the pandemic. We can talk about the economic uh, crisis. We can talk about the, the mental pandemic that's come about because of this. And we can simply ask the question, look, I know how it's affected me, but how has it affected you? Right? And it's, it, that's the thing is that don't look at the age difference. Look at the commonalities. What do we have in common that can then lead us to be intriguing about the differences? But let's, because that commonality opens the door to everything else. But if, if we're presenting things so different, then it's like, I've got nothing in common with them, but we all have commonalities, don't we? Yes, yes. Even, even some of these homeless people mm -hmm. and um, street people, I've heard that there's uh, amazing at times how geniuses, oh, yes. you know are you know homeless um and you know if if i, I was to guess my brother-in-law he used to jump to conclusions a lot or quit jobs yeah. on a spur of the moment and i thought you might be a genius but you probably also have a short temper <laughs> or yes you know things well, like that that kept them from ha maintaining a job right well i i've known quite a few geniuses and those uh, involved in with a technology development with one of them uh, I knew nothing of the technology. I just had a great deal of instinctual faith in him. And he could turn heads like with his solution, his equation, his, his quantum physics and everything else um, over my head. But it's, I'll give you 15 minutes and two hours later, they're still picking his brain. But when it came to any other aspect of his life, he, he was pretty well out to lunch. Right. You know, and it and that happens a great deal with people. This is why I think kind of autism today is showing a different face. Autistic, and I've interviewed quite a number of autistic mums who were told to put their children in institutions, right? Just write them off. And they go, no. And then, you know, they would have to scrape the stool off the wall or put up with the tantrums or this or that. But their kids now, you know, one of them is um, a trilogy book writer, a graphic artist. And another one has gone to university and this and that. And the thing I notice about autistic people and interviewing them, they're very focused and very directional in, their, in what they do, and they do it very well, is this that they have not chosen because they don't do that, but they don't fit in our world. And when you look at our world of such dysfunction, such cruelty, such um, emptiness, can you blame them? Maybe if we stepped into their world and saw things from their point of views, we would realize how enriched they really are and that, you know, there's a lot to be learned from them. So I think it's, we've got to open those doors both ways, don't we? Not just demand everybody do it our way. Yeah, I, I so appreciate <coughs> how much we're, we're doing more about opening our hearts to different mm -hmm. kinds of people. Mm -hmm. uh, it reminds me just a couple days ago, I saw on LinkedIn, a posting of I think this, um, the brother of this autistic young man was bragging about yes. how this big smile on his brother's face and he was it was his first day to go to work at Lowe's. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think a lot of 
autistic people do have big smiles and they're easy to love. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. And, uh, you know, some of them have more than just kind of autism. They have OCD and they have that, and, you know, that's different. That is a, a much more serious condition. But, uh, you know, I find them delightful because the fact that they're really focused and passionate about what they do. And it's like, I feel so much, and you must have known this in your career, as you said, you just went to work and you climbed your ladder and you came home, but none, none of it was like, oh, I can't wait to go to work. And how many people do we see in the CEO category? You know, they've, they've made it and then the anxiety to hold on to what they've made. And quite honestly, um, the cosmic two by four comes along very often and slaps them up on the side to make them lose everything. And they go, that was the best gift ever because I didn't realize how unhappy I was. I wasn't living. I was a slave to the title, the money, the responsibility, but there was no life in there. And there's so many people that speak of that, don't they? And um, a lot of cancer victims yes. are that way. Yes. Yeah. Like cancer, 80% um, an emotional disease, right? So it's um, it, most cancers come about through an emotional trauma. 20% pretty well comes about from environmental. And actually, most diseases come about from dis-ease. And when our heart and our soul and our mind is at dis-ease, disease manifests. Yeah, so. our bodies will talk to yes. us. Yes. Whether we listen is the... Oh, that's a totally different thing, yes. Oh. <laughs> la, 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 la. No, that doesn't work, folks. <laughs> Your body can scream louder. <laughs> And, you know, that's the thing about being a baby boomer. You know, um, I have fibromyalgia, so, you know, okay, I'm limited on certain things I can do. I don't concentrate on what I can't do. Right? I concentrate on what I can do, and I'm in partnership with my, with my condition. So I know that I need to honor certain parameters that it's laid out for me. And then it allows me to go and do X, Y, and Z. And if I overdo it, then obviously I'm going to have to pay that price. That's consequences. But how many people get something and they become their disease? They become their disability. And it becomes a new identity. No, it's something you have. It's something you learn to live with. And it's something that, if you look at it, can be a gift in many ways in the direction it can put you in. But it's not there as a replacement for life or living. Yes, this is a little different, but I know uh, when I worked at Boeing, uh, one of the sh uh, shifts when I started there, I was on second shift and I made a real point to honor uh, my sleep. Yes. Now that doesn't seem like anything big, but they say oh, loss is, yeah. Mm. So, so where I had to be up at 3.30 in the morning, I wouldn't go to uh, community events unless i knew i could be home or leave by 7 30 and possibly be in bed by eight o'clock but that honoring me and even in in uh, retirement there's there's i i'm learning to even love myself yes. more. Yes. and somehow that that changes me that mm. it increases me um what about you oh god it was a long journey to get there you know, a long journey of self uh, to, to discover self-love, because for me, it was always about trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be, you know, constantly being of service at my own sacrifice. You know, the kids would call me martyr. And yeah, I was I was being a martyr without knowing I was being a martyr. 
right? Because it, it's like, as long as I was helping you, it didn't matter what it cost me. And it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And I think that's the reason why the FIRO came around, slowed me down, stopped me from being able to do as much. And I've still got that tendency because I firmly believe life is of service. Um, we are here to serve and contribute to one another because that's what makes the village strong, right? But it is, it is now has parameters where if I don't place value upon myself, nobody else is going to place value on me. I set the bar, I set the boundaries, right? And if I say no, it's not out of malice. It just means I can't deliver. So therefore I won't. I, and we learn that with old age, but I would love the youth to learn that earlier. You know, have your, it's not borders, it's boundaries, right? Your energy can only go so far. Sometimes you can push it a little bit and you discover, oh, I can go a bit further. But at other times, you know, the price is going to be too much. And it's okay to say no. Yeah, I coached a young lady this week that um, she was doing something she loved doing. She's out in the in the uh, outdoors, nature, uh, filming or recording sounds. Of right. Nature, yeah. Nature. Nature has a beautiful orchestra. It really yeah. does. <laughs> and she was so enjoying it. And she says that she knows there's times she get really focused mm. and. Next thing she knows is a half hour later, but her boyfriend was traveling with her and um, she was taking on the fact that he's probably bored and, you know, impatient with when can we leave now? Then and you I shouldn't said, be with her. Oh, <laughs> Go and entertain you're, yourself. <laughs> you're taking responsibility for his happiness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How does that work? <laughs> right. Right. And, and that, you know, like if you, you know, this is your thing, you get it. I really admire what you do. I've seen what you do now. But while you're doing it, I need to go and do something myself. And then we can come back together and share the joy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I helped her think about how could she help him yeah. be patient with her or whatever. And, you know, when you're recording, she, I said, well, why not have some, some uh, you know, uh, visual signs, you know, mm. like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he may be enjoying it intensely and um but she was feeling that stress yes. of you know taking up his time and um all those things we we try to read each other's mm. mind or don't try to read each other's mind to yeah yes. expect that they're they're not having the same experience that we are so wait you know as i talked about earlier the give and take right you know we we give um, because in some way we're going to receive, whether it's from that person or whether it's from the universal energy, but just even the sheer joy of knowing we've given that's made a difference is a gift back to us. Um, but the give and take of communication, you know, why doesn't he ask her why this is so important to her? How come she gets so focused in it? And maybe she could invite him into that world of exploring and if he goes like oh, yeah i hear it i can understand why you're so passionate not my passion which then she can respect not your passion while i'm doing this can you find something that is your passion and we'll come back yeah. together later yeah and i suggest that she <clears throat> either help him <throat> make a list of here's some options if i'm getting bored yeah. entertain yourself in yes. some way that's his choice you know? yes I mean, that's also up to him. It's not up to her, right. right? I mean, he might be hanging around feeling that he needs to be supportive of her and she needs to say, it's okay if you wish to go and do something else. 
Right. So, I mean, this is the thing is that we don't give ourselves enough permission and the, but we also don't give each other enough permission. And it's like, we can all have different perspectives, different points of view in life, different places or spaces that we're at. And it's okay to say, I'm not in this space right now, but I'd love to hear all about it later, right? I, I'm in a different space. And well, you know, you don't spend time if this is your opportunity to spend time. In. No, it's the wrong time spending together, <laughs> right? You want the right time spending together. Oh, yeah, yeah. work it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, one thing we learn with age is we've got a bend. Now, a lot of people that have gone through their own self-recovery, you know, especially out of trauma, you know, they've, they're standing on their own and tall now, but they're so scared to bend in the fear of breaking. But the thing is, if we're not flexible, we will break. So it's knowing how far you can bend before you feel the break may happen, but be willing to bend because the wind and the trees, look what they can go through. They bend and go with the wind and it takes a huge storm to break them. So flexibility and knowing, you know, when, when yes, when no. And uh, okay, I'm willing to be a little flexible here because if we don't, we don't survive, do we? We don't get to our age. <laughs> yeah, I think my dad would describe it as um, being a willow tree. Yes, my favorite tree. My favorite. I'm going to be buried <laughs> under a willow tree for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah and that's strong rooted, a strong trunk. And, but the constant, the ability of those branches to move and go with the wind without losing its identity. Right. I've lost your volume there for a moment there, love. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's me or you, right. Um, we, I mean, you, you know, that piece of wisdom from your dad, I mean, that is excellent wisdom. So, you know, we, we look back at our parents and we, we look at things that they gave us, nuggets of wisdom that we've used in our lives. And sometimes we didn't realize there were nuggets of wisdom until we look back and go, you know, that was, that was pretty sensible. <laughs> I'm surprised how much I learned from my mom just watching her in the kitchen. Yes. But and, um, and it's not just the cooking, right? It's the joy in the cooking and the love and the passion and the food. Yeah. I um, see what was the other. Oh, where there's a will, there's a way was a yes. principle we grew up with. Yes. And um, how that fits us in older age might sound more like. I decide what stops me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as I want, you know, like a three-year-old to open this cupboard door, I'm not going to stop until I figure out how to get this cupboard door open. Right. You know, that uh, if our curiosity isn't strong enough, then uh, we may let those um, blustery winds stop us yeah. or somebody's criticism stop us. <laughs> you know, or somebody's frown who knows yeah. but, uh, we've got to be strong enough to be flexible and say that's their problem not mine now right. I don't own that yeah that's so very important and and you know I think with age we we get to know that we we're not responsible to fix everybody and you know that's not our job what we can do is that we can share our wisdom and guide them how they use that knowledge Right. That is up to them. That's their free will. 
uh, it's the same with these shows. I do them, I put them out there, four sites, 14 audios, two videos out there in all the social medias. Who listens to them is out of my hands, right? And if you're trying to control who listened or who does this and who does that, you realize how little control you really have. Well, and you're going to sit here being frustrated yeah. about <laughs> Exactly. And who does that benefit? Absolutely no one, right? So there's a lot, you know, in take the deep breath. This is not something to get worried about. And it's like younger people, if you look at the older people who are just not, just not sweating it, and you go, well, why? You know, this is happening and that's happening. You know, and you can see it with activism in the young. Right, they're out there in the march and this and that. We might not march with them. We'll go and do something else, right? And it's like, well, why aren't you involved? You know, being there, done that. I choose to activate in a different way, right? Doesn't mean you're not doing anything or that it's not any less important. Is this you're going to do it a way that is more meaningful and within your parameters? Yeah, yeah. So should we talk about my book today? Yes, definitely. Okay, so I have written this lovely, colorful book, and it actually is a uh, so, See book. the title for, for the people only listening to the audio. Okay. Give the title. It is Fresh Courage in Retirement, Finding Purpose, Essence, and Fulfillment. Mm. And on the front of it, I have a uh, art block that's about the size of a postcard that says explore the possibilities. Yes. So, and, and kind of what Sarah and I are talking about today of how much have you been an explorer in mm. retirement? Have you explored your heart? Have you explored your neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Have you explored some of those hobbies that maybe... Um, brought you joy before maybe they'll bring you joy again even you know playing the trumpet at home if that's yeah something <laughs> music is a wonderful thing oh, but that's the thing there's always something to explore I love the you know the fact that you're using that word explore because just because you've been there and done that doesn't mean that there isn't more to see you know, more yeah. to enjoy or, or that you're not capable of doing something different. You know, when I started doing podcast, I didn't know when the first person asked me, you know, oh, would you come and join my podcast network? What's a podcast? I didn't know 10 years ago, right? I and mean, the first show was a Monty Python skit. I pressed all the wrong buttons and it was live. You know, the first 13 months was live. Great training ground. And just because, you know, like, ah, you like this in the moment, don't give up. It just means that you haven't got used to it yet. And when you get used to it and get into the flow of it, then you find out, you know, just how great it can be. But if we're not willing to explore and see uh, the word possibilities is one of my favorite words, because we don't know what's possible until we try. Well, and, and it doesn't say explore the perfection during right. possibilities. Yes. It, you know, exploring means that you can make mistakes. You can do it wrong you can do it uh, exceptionally well you may do it like nobody else does it you might even create a whole new movement because right. you did it different <laughs> exactly exactly and and again it's you don't know the impact you're going to have until you do it right and until you try if you told me i was going to be doing this for 10 years um and also get to meet such awesome people around the world like yourself, it would have been, nah, no, nah, that's not me. That couldn't happen. 
uh, you've got to be willing to just go in uncharted waters and explore. And that sheer excitement of there's something out there you don't know that you could still explore is exciting, isn't it? Well, mixed with mo mixed emotions, I guess I explored being a uh, Instagram person this year. <laughs> and I I've uh, wound up being the queen of courage uh, on Instagram. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, I've done a 100 episodes. Now, since I've had so many technology challenges since Thanksgiving, I my, my enthusiasm for continuing that has kind of waned a little bit because I'm still not sure that everything's worked out smooth, but I did it anyway. And I, and I started feeling like, you know, as we're older ladies, mm -hmm. being a um, mentor to the younger people mm -hmm. is part of our job, right? It is. It is. And good for you with the Instagram, because that's, um, you know, I work seven hours a day at the computer. The last thing I want to do is work on my phone, from my phone, right? So no, the phone calls, you know, text this, that, et cetera, but no, I'm not working on it. Um, so Instagram and I don't get on. And uh, I had a client, you know, a, a, somebody on that posted one of her, her drawings, she goes, draw on the way, and like 17 million followers on TikTok. And I thought, well, shall I try TikTok? And if I... No, you know, those, you know, for, so for me, it, it is Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And uh, if the thing is, if one platform is becoming too hard, it's okay. It's okay to say, you know what, this is just too much. I'm getting frustrated, which means I'm losing the joy out of it. That doesn't mean give up altogether. It just means there's a different platform that's easier for you, right? And with Instagram and Facebook, of course, they're the same. So it's very easy to transfer things over. So don't get discouraged if you find certain things in your way that you're just not up to. As you said, this is the time to go and turn around to your niece, nephew, or anybody else and say, help. <laughs> well, and this, this is the little block I'm looking for. The job for you gives you energy. So that's kind of what you're saying is that uh, if you're losing the joy of it, yes. then, um, you know, it's becoming a have to instead of a want to. Yeah, we don't want the have-tos because the have-tos, you know, loses it. So this one's cherish forever what makes you unique. Perfect. I love that. Yes. I love being unique. Yes. Yes. And, Everybody um, else is taken, right? <laughs> <laughs> seniors who socialize are happier is uh, kind of yeah. part of the message that we're trying to say to today to you, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, be interactive. Be proactive. You know, don't wait for people to come knocking on your door because they may not even know that you're there, right? If you don't show your presence. And, you know, my, my wonderful 88-year-old I live with, and she does become a bit dependent on me for her socialization. And it's like I say, look, you could go along to the dock. You love animals. You can go along to the kennels and pat an animal, walk an animal. Um, you know, I said this wonderful... Um, senior homes that you can go to oh no they're all too old and I said well you are 88 and a half <laughs> and I know you still love to play tennis and this and that but don't think you're the only one and you're not going to know unless you get out there and explore so I think another big one is don't make excuses yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of the story uh the church I was going to when I lived in Tampa Florida there was a small group of um very unique people who 
cared for and took in as foster kids crack babies Mm. and uh, there were two or three of them the only thing they did for that group but was so powerful was they would just go into the hospitals and rock crack babies yeah that's all they did and most of us don't have the time to do that or the interest in doing that right and you know i know that um you know, some things will, will tug at your heart strings and some things might be a bit too hard. But we've got to look at it this way. There is an animal or a person suffering out there that all they need is somebody's loving attention. And your 10, 15 minutes, half an hour of loving attention is a mountain full of love to them. Right. So sometimes, okay, it might be a little harder and comfortable for you, but look at the gift you're giving someone else. And in turn, that gift of appreciation comes back to you. Yes, I've always had a hot button for feeling heard. And it's just been the last three, four days that I thought, well, maybe that's why I want to be an international speaker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to be heard. But um, I, I kind of imagine uh, there being billboards along the highway that says, boomers, what are you doing to help your favorite charity or a foundation? Yes. yes. Or foundations that say, boomers, we need you to yeah. come help us do what we're doing for our communities. That's getting out and being social. Yeah. Yep. You know, it could, your contribution <clears throat> may be making phone calls or being a volunteer at a charity um, fundraising event. But um, there's there's lots of good that's waiting to be done and impact in the world that, that we're needing. And of course, the billboards today aren't necessarily the billboards on the side of the road. They're the billboards on social media. And so you literally can put those billboards out there on social media because there's an awful lot of seniors that are on social media today. And, you know, it's, it's asking them, you know, how, have you contributed? And then maybe even giving them a, a link to an organization right there and then click on the link doesn't matter where you are they will tell you what's around there your area right because one thing i have noticed social media is absolutely fantastic at connecting us but it's also dumped people down it's made them lazy and it's like well i don't know where to look for it all you have to do is go google and it will tell you right but sometimes giving them a link helps it even better yeah i help people become aware of who they are on the inside yeah. kind of defining their their soul or their inner spirit and uh one of the last uh exercises i encourage them to do is maybe take words like uh related to your education or your talent and or um experiences in other countries mm-hmm. and google all those things together and see what comes up yes Pretty interesting with the possibilities there. Yeah, there's always possibilities. There is always an answer. Are you willing to look for it? Are you willing to participate or are you making excuses? Well, and that's one thing that I have done for you in my mm. book, Fresh Courage and Retirement, is that I've got lots of links or movies mm. or books Mm -hmm. that because I love um, passing on books that I've learned from and uh, a lot of them that's where I got my you know my nuggets that I put in my artwork so um, the price of the book is well worth all that research I've already done I mean there's two or three national probably international even women's 
camping clubs, <laughs> for example. <laughs> exactly. My, my first story is about um, uh, Joyce Major, who in Seattle area was a, a realtor at 57, and she felt a need to expand her heart. And she wound up spending two years planning community service projects around the world, feeding baby lions, mm. um, riding elephants, uh, teaching Chinese um, young people English, and um, working on a newspaper in Ireland. Mm. Fabulous story. So right. you'll enjoy but her story. Well, I would say inspiration begets invitation. And when you're inspired by people like that, then you're invited to go, okay, what can I do? Now, you don't have to do all that she does. But what can I do? How can oh, I set yes. up? Right. Or, yeah, yeah, ideas. Yeah. So I wanted to tell people about um, the website I have, queenofcourage.now.site, because there's four options on there uh, for you to maybe be, maybe we, our conversation has inspired you with possibilities. And queenofcourage.now.site uh, will lead you to either one, a free three tips for creating a new life after retirement. Uh, there's another link for building social health. Some tips I uh, give you for social health, getting outside the house. Mm -hmm. And um, then there's also a link to um, getting on, finding my book to buy for yourself mm -hmm. too. So um, check that out as possibilities for yourself. <laughs> right. And your book is also maybe on Amazon? Yes, it is. And uh, my currently my my website is effortlessvitality.now.site. Um, I'm probably going to have a new one within a month that um, will serve me a little bit better. But if you like words of wisdom, then check out Instagram, Queen of Courage. Right. And uh, of course, you know, whenever we change a name and a site, all we have to do is just forward the old one and people will find it. Right. So. Oh, good. Oh, yes. Easy, yes. easy. Then, right? Yeah. No, no. You just take <laughs> the old one and you just have it forwarded to the new one. So whoever goes to the old one, they go to the new one. I've got about three or four sites that I still pay for that go to that because I've changed <laughs> names. Right. But it, it doesn't matter what they use. Thing, it finds their way home, which is important. So, you know, for all the people out there right now to go, well, I don't know what to do. Um, or it costs money, or I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be around old people, or I da, 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 all those excuses. Your book and your your entire program is to show them just how much by participating in the extension of life, all the possibilities that are there, can ignite an entire new enthusiasm in their life, an entire new energy in their yeah. life that gives them that reason to get up every day and pursue something different because otherwise you're just simply going to lay down there and die, which no, you know, your life isn't over until it's over. So get productive. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you the story of a Indian man? I'm going to guess he's somewhere between around 60 or 70 years old. And he, he decided it was time for him to give back, which mm -hmm. is a good thing for us senior people. And, um, it, it floored me that he, the need he saw was if he could teach eight-year-old Indian young girls, mm -hmm. eight and nine-year-old 
computer skills, mm -hmm. he could save them yes. from sex trafficking. Yes. Yes. For it to be a man that recognized that is a surprise to me. I yeah. I wanted so bad to put him a link to that story in my book, and I never did was able to find it again. Right. But um, now there, there was a gentleman I interviewed many years ago who had made a great deal of money. I don't know if it was .com or whatever, but uh, so one of the things he did with his money is invested it in the Far East <clears throat> in women, women's education, women's direction. And one of them was uh, a women's radio show by women, right, for women. And he said, oh, there's only 40% men listening. I said, what, in Arab countries, you've got 40% men listening to all women's topic? I said, that is absolutely awesome, awesome, because they're learning how to treat their women better. They'll teach their sons how to treat their women better. There's another guy with a, a multi-level marketing company, and he, he specializes in third world countries of getting the women there being independent and you know, being a part of this network so they can sell, so they don't have to marry for the money or for anything else, right? They can be independent and choose their own future. There's a lot of wonderful people out there doing it. And uh, sex tra trafficking is a multi-billion dollar industry a year. And it's a disease that nobody talks about, which should be talked about. And if we empower the young women and the young men who are victims of this, then we are taking away the, the food source for all these you know, sex offenders. So yes. You know, I mean, there was one woman, a local teacher, she went to China to see the cranes because she'd left the cranes and ended up discovering sex trafficking going on, followed all the way to New York and, you know, wrote an entire book on it. So she went for one direction and ended up serving another. It's just open up your eyes to what's going on around you. You never know what service you could be for other people, right? Just please don't do the la la la, it doesn't affect me. It does. Everything that goes on around you is affecting you. Yes, yes. It's a serious but delightful conversation to be able to open up our world and um, show some compassion and where your love and your contribution can be made. Um, it's, it is a serious thing, yes. And if you have young people that are a bit short or impatient with you, that's okay. Please just be yourself. Just be your loving self. There's somebody in that group that really wants to know, right? You start the conversation with them. Others notice you having that conversation. Well, what do, what do, you know, what do they want to know from there? That person starts sharing the wisdom. They go, oh, there's obviously more to this person than I thought, right? So don't expect them just to want to sit down and learn everything for you right there and then, because young people think they know it all, right? <laughs> We're just obsolete. So when they take the time to want to know, then they actually start realizing just how enriched and abundant we really are. It's kind of like that stone we skip across the water mm -hmm. and the, the ripple effect yes. that happens. We have no control of that. You no. know, God has uh, knows where that is needed and uh, we'll make a difference. So. Right. It's like your book. A young piece, person may read it and think, my grandma, my grandpa, right? 
you know, I've got a way to talk to them now about, did you know? And you know, just bringing certain topics up, it's not just for, for, you know, retired people, it's for the people who have the retirees around them that are maybe have lost their way. So now a young person can step up and go, I just read this, let's look at it together. I can help you on your journey, right? Yeah, that, that might be my next book is talking points for yeah. the children of boomers yes. who are stuck, yeah. are uh, couch potatoes, mm -hmm. are bored and feel useless because um, I don't want anybody to feel useless when there's such a need for hearing and listening and sharing and out there in the world yeah and participation yeah. yeah you know we're still here taking resources from this planet we're still here to contribute it just means that we're going to contribute in a different way and you know when it comes from the heart you've stepped into joy you've elevated your energy that enthusiasm of people wanting to be around you it just is just constant it keeps growing it's beautiful mm-hmm mm -hmm. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So your site again is? EverestVitality.now.site. And my book, even though it's Fresh Courage in Retirement, it's Fresh Courage actually for anybody. And I didn't share with your audience where Fresh Courage came from. In um, a Hallmark movie, uh, the line was, when you go home from vacation, you often go home with fresh courage mm, yes and you know when you look back at our lives and we look at the, the the steps we've taken the redirections that we've taken the you know the the falls that we've had and we realize my god we've been so courageous look at how many times we fell down and we got back up or we faced this problem we faced that problem and really what the youth should be saying is like how did you do it because that sharing of that courage is, becomes their tool, right? Well, even the courage to talk to somebody you don't yeah. know. Yes. Yes. As easy as that is, as small, as small as that is. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been doing the courageous thing ever since we were born, right? We just don't realize it. So, hey, of course you've got this, right? Go and join something. Make your presence known. Start chatting with people. Start doing some self-discovery of what your chapter is now in life. Don't dictate it, allow it, right? You've got the tips and the tools in your book. As you said, books they can read, movies they can watch that'll have an impact on them. Uh, even watching movies and then turning around to the young people. Have you ever seen this movie? It did this and it did that for me. What did it do for you? Use it as conversation openers, right? You're sharing all those beautiful nuggets with them of how to, but they've got to get up and do. Yes, yes. Oh, and uh, the thing, my my book is is um, kind of a do-it-yourself steps mm. with action items for finding your purpose. Um, but there, the service I provide beyond that is writing your essence statement, mm. where you can come up with a statement that says, here's how I know Sharon on the inside. And of course, unless somebody asks, nobody, you know, you the world doesn't ask you, who are you on the inside? Right. I can help you find an answer to that. I'd love to. Right. And the thing is about your inside out life is your inside should be always rejection on the outside. It doesn't, you just bring it out as you want. You become your beingness. 
right? Not to doingness. You become that beingness. So oh, helping them bring it out and be that presence is actually what's going to draw people to them. And and I think, um, like even loving myself, I'm getting reactions. I'm on a dating site right now, and I'm kind of surprised at how men pick up on the fact that I love myself. How exactly. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah, because you've set that energy boundary, right? And not accepting anybody of a low frequency. This is my frequency. Rise up to meet me. From here, we can see what are, are the possibilities. But yeah, I, I start I've, at this frequency level. <laughs> yeah, I figured out that there's probably some guys that says, yeah, that can't be true. She must be spreading the, you know, she's not for real. Well, but I then, am. Yeah, no, but then you don't want them. Yeah, exactly. You want the people that feel you and see you and now intrigued to know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that intrigue factor. Yes, exactly. Gosh, don't lose your wonderment or intrigueness and like because life is about discoveries. And you know, you often see people have gone back to school because they never finished it when they were young and they're in their eighties and their nineties to go and get the degree. It's not what they're going to do with the degree. It's that self-achievement that they got it. Right. So what is it that you want to get now? What is it you want to do now? How is it going to serve you? Who else is it going to serve? Who else is it going to inspire, right? Your book is there to help them. You are there to help them in that discovery of what is their chapter now in this beautiful gift of being an elder and whom can it serve? You may have another uh, 30 years to go. Let's exactly. put it to good use. Exactly. Exactly. The rocking chair can wait, folks. <laughs> right? no, I recently, uh, since Sydney Poitier recently mm. passed away, uh, I watched White. a couple of, watched a couple of uh, segments about his life. And what made him so different is that he knew who he was. He didn't let other people yes. tell him what he could or could not do as a black man. He rose above and yeah. kind of like, I'll show you, I'll be yeah. better than you, and I'll define who I am. Beautiful statement that he made, I think, in the movie Coming to Dinner, or in one of his movies, and it is, the trouble is you see a black man in front of you. I see a man in front of me. Like, the color doesn't matter. And I think that's something that we need to stop looking at it. I don't care. Black, white, pink, yellow, gay, straight, whatever your religion is, it's what's your heart and soul. What's your heart and soul? Because that's really your essence of who you are, not the containment that we come in. And we could be there for other people and just give love, show some love, be kind and caring to one another. And then we truly actually understand that whatever package we're in really doesn't matter. It's the essence of who you are that really matters. And maybe it starts with petting that cat before you go out the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or so petting a cat along the way, you know, stuffing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Going out and getting your doggy fix, right? <laughs> Whatever's going to elevate you, because when you feel good, you do good. You do good, which is important. So, well, it's been a delight having you here. Thank you so much for coming and sharing, Sharon. And I love the, your redirect in life. You know, it's, it's not like, oh, I've retired now. What do I do? Take up knitting? No, it's like, hell, there's a lot to boomers, a lot that we've still got inside of us, a lot we can still share and, it's, you know, and inspire. So 
good for you. Good for you for taking this juncture. Uh, and you know, you're not just working for boomers. You have sent the invitation out to the younger people of how to work with their eldering family, where, you know, parents, grandparents, aunts or uncles, you know, it's, it's a good tool for them and how to actually bridge that gap with the boomers. And uh, because that's what it's about, find the commonality that you can start building up a beautiful relationship. So thank you so much for sharing with that. Thanks for being, um, uh, allowing me to be your guest and I hope we can do it again. Yes, definitely, definitely down the road for sure. So remember folks, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, there's still a great deal to learn from each other. And I don't care how old you are, and life is still about living until that day comes to the end where it's exiting the body and the spirit goes and moves on. But while you're still alive, live, please live. Get out there and do something because you still got some, somebody out there to inspire. Until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. Please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you. Every week on Tuesday, we bring you new shows from illuminating people. If you know someone that should be interviewed, please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. Now stay tuned for your next show.